There's Blake to Roy. This is for the Hello and welcome into the Backyard Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Connor Scott, and joining me as they do each episode is Tyler Bagenstoss, Kyle George, and Pods Tom, Tom Gilkey, sitting over in the production chair. And fellas, the Blazers obviously find themselves in a two-to-one series hole against the Los Angeles Lakers, but before we jump into that, I want to talk about the hole that Kyle and Tyler, you both found yourself in last night yep. um, over at Quail Valley Golf Course, just a little west of Hillsborough, as Pods Tom and myself uh, absolutely took you guys to the woodshed in a in a golf match. Um, <laughs> or how have you two recovered since losing? I believe four down uh, in that match. Ty, I know you were uh, walking off the course with yes. a lot of um, nightmares. I mean, I felt good. It was a good round. I had a great time with you guys. Had a good amount of beers and enjoyed my time out there. But when you lose. Like five, six golf balls around, you're not going to have a good, uh, good showing, <laughs> and that was my, my uh, kind of round yesterday. So I'm going to have to live with that and know how to get better. Kyle, greens were lightning fast. Obviously, uh, are, do you want to blame the loss anywhere on the course? No, no, no. I want to blame the loss on the fact that you guys had bucket hats and we didn't. I <laughs> think that changes everything. Uh, you have the full 360 um, uh, sun cover around oh, your yeah. head. I feel like that makes such a huge difference, uh, especially when you're playing that twilight rate. Um, so I feel like that makes it like that's like at least a three stroke lead right there. Um, but yeah, lost too many balls yesterday to to get the dub, unfortunately. And and Tom, along with blocking out the sun, we were able to block out the haters as well and get the job done. Uh, what would you say the bucket hats? How big of an advantage did that give us versus the time and work we've put in on the range together as a team um, in our first competition? Of course. I mean, obviously, look good, play good, but also. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. Not only that, perfect practice makes perfect. And uh, I think the greens are really where it's won, and I think Tyler can attest to that. What are you trying to say, Tom? I don't think I don't think he can attest to that after what we saw. Uh, no, just giving you a hard time. Actually, everyone played pretty well. We were all hanging right around the uh, low 90s to mid 90s, kind of right in that area. Good, good time out there at Quail Valley. Tough course, a lot of wind. And as you know, when we don't even hit the ball consistently, adding in factors like wind and fast greens <laughs> makes for a nightmare. Um, no also, shout outs to the greenkeepers there. No yeah, shout outs. No shout outs. That, that, it caused us a lot of pain. Um, before we dive into layup lines, get warmed up and stretch out. Uh, if you're listening along, follow us at Backyard Blazers on both Instagram and Twitter. That's at Backyard Blazers. We'd love to hear from you or if you want to collaborate, maybe a guest spot. I know we've had a couple people reach out that are looking to share some takes on the NBA or just anything in your lives going on, any fun debates you have between your friend groups. We'd love to help settle them. So reach out to us, Twitter, Instagram, at Backyard Blazers, and tell a friend while you're at it. All right, layup lines. This is my yes. uh, personal favorite part of each episode as we get to stretch our minds, stretch our uh, vocal muscles and get kind of warmed up for our blazer talk first question i have for you guys today would you personally be able to spend 30 million dollars in one week and so there's a caveat to this question and that's obviously that you cannot invest the money in in, in a mass quantity so you're not buying stocks or doing any of that where you can put so much of it obviously away in a safe place or anything like that and you also can't buy homes or cars really or things like that because tyler don't give me that look because you could just buy a 30 million dollar house on day one and and there you go you've d accomplished the okay. goal and so and then the last kicker is if you're able to accomplish this mission you get 300 million dollars as the as the grand prize so you're really determined to get this done kyle starting with you as the accountant i have another caveat question uh <laughs> can you gift the money no, you can't gift the money. Okay. Um, that's that's just well, it's a tax write-off, Connor. Yes. I'm okay. No, okay. you can't gift the money, and you can't give it away to charity. As nice as okay. you are, it's it's basically you have to spend it on like services. You can buy things. I guess you can even buy cars if you really want. But I'm just trying to avoid the one yeah. of you saying the cars thirty million dollars. How much time? Yeah. 
Say that again. How much time do you have? One week. You have one week. Oh, my God. I think yeah. it's a lot harder than it I'm gonna, sounds. I'm gonna, I'll start us off and say, no, I couldn't. Right. Uh, that, like, to a lot of people, I don't think they realize how much money that really is. I'm one of and, those people. And how much you would have to, like... <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think of a way that you could constantly be spending money. Because you pretty much would be having to, like, to spend it in that amount of time without any big purchases. You would have to be making a transaction... Like almost every couple minutes, probably more than that. Right. Depending on obviously the dollar value of the transaction, but I'm gonna say no. I, I'm trying to think of a way I could do it, and I can't. And I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I've I've kind of come up with a few ideas. Ty, I want to go to you first. See if anything off the top of your head. Yeah, I have a couple ideas down here. I didn't know there was gonna be a one week caveat, but I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Maybe a couple crazy nights at a strip club where I mean we're <laughs> spending. <laughs> Like Jesus. way too Who much money. Kid? Like I don't. How much could you spend? You're talking transactions. No, no, no. Oh, wait, wait. But let's get it. Like you're just <laughs> fucking, even fucking if you're throwing hundreds, there, dude, dude. That's hard to spend that much at a couple baller, nights. Uh, How big, a big baller? baller? Tyler. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> Tyler, apparently if you not. if you took like like ten thousand dollars worth of ones and like probably just threw that everyone in a strip club, like dude, you probably wouldn't even be able to see. It'd Kyle, be so many. Ones. Kyle, have you ever been to a strip club for twenty four seven for seven days a week? No, I've like Have you? I don't even know no, if I've been to I'm mean, concerned. Uh, I'm concerned for it you. It seems at like this my point. best option to spend thirty million dollars in one week. So I'm I'm just gonna roll with that. I had other ideas, but this whole one week thing is really screwing with my brain. Wow, okay, so I went straight to it's good to know you had other ideas. <laughs> no way. No it's way. It's good to know that you had other ideas, and as you're back up, you're like, oh, okay, well, I can't do that. I'll just go to the strip club. Well, I was 24/7. like, I, I want to go to like every major sporting oh, event. Oh, oh, oh. Does uh gambling count? Because gambling, that might be a way you could do it. I think, but that's you can, almost you can similar gamble, to gifting. You it's can similar. gamble, but the thing is, you can only let's set a gambling limit. Let's say like you can do like two million a day, and then what if you win on accident? Oh, that's true. Well, the, 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 I mean, it's technically you're no, it's winning, futures, so. futures. <laughs> no, but it, 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 it future it, bets, futures. future bets. Yeah. No, see, you're not loopholing out future of this. Bet. Tom, help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to loophole out of this question. I'm spending it easy. Taking oh my seven days of vacation. Okay, see, Buying a we're on the to same. Las Vegas. A, yes, a lot of betting. I'm going to go to every designer store there. That's not my style. But it is I'm your style. Buying, Don't give I'm me that. I'm buying everything Versace, Gucci, everything there. <laughs> I'm eating out for every meal, the nicest meals you can have. Yeah. I'm going to every show. You can make it happen. I might hit up Floyd Mayweather. We'll see where the weekend takes us. Yeah, Floyd, Floyd <laughs> I have the, the money. I can do it. He could do it. That's okay, Tom. We're on the same page, and the only thing I got to call you out: you are the type to buy the designer shit. We just don't make that kind of money yet. Gucci gang, but, yeah, Gucci gang. That's right. <laughs> um, I'm, I was on the same wavelength as you, though. My thought is, I would take private jets seven different places each day, and I think that encapsulates you have to pay for fuel and all that. And then I would land each jet get escorted in the nicest possible car to a yacht that then took me to each new place I want to go. So now I'm at like 14 places and within those places, like, and I'm talking the most extravagant, you know, treatment you can get VIP everywhere. And then I'm going to try to basically like you all said, gamble and buy so many things that you can make it up to 30 million. But seven days is a tight window. I still yeah, don't yeah. know. You're not enjoying your time with that route. Like you're, yeah. you're spending most of your time traveling, Connor. No, I agree. I have a tough time I'll, with I'll that. I'll put in seven days of straight work for what three hundred million? You said that's what. Yeah, same. Like, and, and we're million. talking about I'll the work I'll is stay spending up the money. Entire week, no sleeping. If I can make. That. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I just have a hard time because I think of it and I look at athletes and actors and whatnot, and they live this lifestyle, right? I'm not saying they go as hard as they possibly can for a week straight, but understand that they live that on a frequent basis, and they don't like. A lot of those actors that are really, really famous don't make $30 million a year. They, it looks like they do because they're rich and people don't realize what $5 million can do for you. Obviously, $5 million, maybe not that much, but $15 million. That can do a lot. Like Conor McGregor, before he was making all that money after fighting Floyd Mayweather, he was living that lifestyle making like $1 to $2 million a year. So I'd, I think like to Tom's point, when he brings up the vacation track, it's like, you would spend a lot of money, but I really don't think it would add up to $30 million. Like, I think it would add right. up to like maybe 15, but 30 seems a little too much to me. I don't right. know. No, Who no. I, I think, I, again, I think I'm kind of in the same boat. I tried my best to think of all the extravagant vacations and ways to get there that I couldn't. Oh, I, still... I see what you did. Now there. we're in person. Yeah. And you're saying vacation. You're again. saying vacation again. You're and saying vacation. I hate it. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, you, guys... like, you knew exactly what you were doing with exactly that. Exactly what you were doing. I, I looked it up in Webster's, and if you look at the phonetic definition, it says vocation. There's a little tilde. Look it up right now and play it out loud. I guarantee you they say vacation. Someone can look that up in the meantime. Let's move on to something that's a little bit 
smaller when you're talking about dollar value just a little bit, and that's yep. bottled water. Mm -hmm. And so this is a debate. Obviously, we've had a couple good debates in our last few episodes, and it usually revolves around food or drink of some sort. And so we're sticking with that theme. This is just the classic when you're in the store, which water brand are you picking? We all know kind of the classics here. That would be like Dasani, Arrowhead, Aquafina, Smart Water. If you've got a Safeway near you, they got Refresh brand or whatever the store brand is. You can always go with that as well. Then you've got Fiji and Evian that are a little bit fancier. So, uh, Tyler, going to start with yeah. you here. When you're in the store, what's your water of choice? Yeah, so don't buy bottled water often, but when I do, I like to go big. And my choice is going to be Essentia Water. And now, boys, let me tell you a couple facts about Essentia Water. <laughs> you, you don't like that? You don't no, like that? I hate. It's not even on my okay, list. Well, let me tell you something about it. Let me tell you something about that. You have notes about it. There, That's there, what I'm more there, upset about. Did you know that this water is pH and mineral tested every 30 minutes during production, and it is an alkaline-rich water? And you know what alkaline? You know, like the uh, acidic and I don't scale. know alkaline that well. Yeah, no. it's the, with the similar to the pH scale. Well, yeah, that's pH what I scale. think of. The yeah, pH yeah. Scale. So yeah. when it, whenever it's above seven, it's alkaline, and below yes. is yes, acidic. That's right. And yeah. when it's above, it actually Backyard gives you podcast. a little bit of energy. So I like to feel a little energetic when I drink my water, and that's why I'm going with Essentia. Okay, Tyler's going with Essentia. Um, he really took us to the woodshed with some facts and science there, Kyle. You're welcome. You're welcome. Are this you following the same suit? I mean, no. have you studied your bottled water? This no, and I'm with Tyler. Detailed? I don't. I don't usually buy bottled water very often uh here in oregon we can use a tap it's pretty fantastic uh humble brag there dude don't um, take my answer please you're gonna say tap water i was gonna no, i you, was gonna work around that's that's kind of beating around the bush in terms of the question i, I don't gonna, know if that no, counts yeah, yeah because i would have went well water <laughs> i was gonna say i would have too <laughs> okay. if yeah. i had to choose a bottle, from as well back to, back to the point i think <laughs> well water. It's, it's maybe like a like a cop-out answer i'm just, i just like smart water i i like the bottles i like the little uh the flippy thing on the top, it's it's fun. Um, Dude, as long you, as it's not Arrowhead, that's really my you only... You can't tell me, and, I, and I'm in the same boat here, but you can't tell me you don't feel a little bit more like intelligent buying something that's literally called smart water. It's like, okay, that <laughs> it's has to be... It's kind of the biggest, most genius be scam... No, real cheese. I will argue real cheese oh, you, is the biggest <laughs> the biggest scam of all time. It rocked my world when oh, I found out cheese. about it. The company Real Cheese. <laughs> Look it up. Real cheese being not real. The, no, it's just the company name. Yeah. It's such I've talked about it on genius. this podcast yeah. before. Absolutely genius. <laughs> Tom, it really is genius. It's so smart. God damn, they got me. Uh Tom, I still eat craft too. That's a thing. Yeah. It hasn't stopped uh, me. It no. just God damn, they're smart. Tom, uh, go ahead and give us your favorite <laughs> bottled water. Before I blow my lid, and Connor's dad joke of the week. Can have no bubbles in it at all? No. It can, no, no. No bubbles. Whoa. No bubbles. So that's can a go, good question. Can I go Perrier? You can't. We're going to allow Perrier. You know what? Let's talk it over. That's like some... I mean, this is you, Con. This is all you. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> We're going to allow Perrier. We're going to allow Perrier. <laughs> and it goes in line with my uh, designer clothing, but you know Perrier is the fanciest, and only the fanciest for Pods Tom. Yeah, showing Gucci gang, true yes. to the core right there. Uh, Perrier was another one, not even on my list, but a good choice. Mine's obviously Dasani. I, I, you guys know me. I never like to be too bold. I never like to be too outspoken. And that's what I feel like you get with Dasani. You get the classic. Uh, yeah. Everyone's going to enjoy that bottled yeah, water. That's, that's a pander move. You, you don't. That's you're a not pander a, move. You're I will say, out of the generic brands, and this we're talking generic, generic. Like Dasani's, I would say my favorite of those ones because uh, the bottle looks the cleanest. It, it looks the cleanest, and I feel like and it's the better. strongest. Okay, fair. This one's not Tyler, I'm man. surprised you didn't say Bud Light. Pods <laughs> 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 Dom on a roll. I mean, I do like to hydrate. That is true. <laughs> Wink. Um, <laughs> Want to beer me that water time? <laughs> I'll beer you, it, brother. All right. As Kyle grabs his next water, <laughs> aka Bud Light, um, Loki highlight real catch for the first day of the video. Just, that is just that saying, is true. Saying. That that might find Instagram there at Backyard Blazers on Instagram and Twitter. Backyard Let us Blazers. know what your favorite water brand is, as well as if you could spend thirty million dollars in one week. We would really like to hear how people could get creative, especially I think with that thirty million in a week. I know we forgot some ideas, so reach out to us. Let us know. We'll post a poll on Instagram. I'm excited to hear about that. Tom, I'm going to you to start this next one. What is a combination of something that's being produced now? It could be food, product, you know, whatever it may be. It could just be something in your, you know, in your mind that other people love. <laughs> wow, Kyle. Give it Sound effect ASMR. What's that? ASMR? Like a, a massage chair and beer? 
<laughs> like a massage chair and beer. That's a really good example of topical as Kyle uh, fizzles out over here. That was some nice ASMR, I'm just going to say. Um, Tom, what is your combination of something that's currently being produced that you just don't think should go together, maybe should just be pulled off the product line altogether? This is a tough one, and I might get a lot of blowback for this, but Uh-oh. anything watermelon flavored, I'm just not bullshit. A bullshit Whoa. take. I, hey, this is for the cameras to Tom. Or, or this re, is to Pod's Tom. Or I might agree with that. Or rebrand it as another flavor, but you know it's not watermelon flavor. So <laughs> stop you stop utilizing watermelon that tastes so good with a candy that tastes he, nothing like watermelon. He has to do this right as I mean we're two months into White Claw coming out with the new flavors, and the know, watermelon is like the best one. The watermelon's flavors. the best White Claw flavor, along with most. But candies. does it taste no. like watermelon? No. You're with him. Yeah, no. kinda. Yeah, I'm with him. I'm with Tom. I, I got your back. Combination. I got just... your back. And lemon's the best, by the way. Uh, <laughs> oh I, my I, god. Lemon's good. Lemon's good. But yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for everyone listening that we are off to such a rocky start with these bullshit opinions everyone <laughs> around me spewing out. But uh, Tom, watermelon flavoring. That's absurd in my head that that would be your worst combination to pull off the uh, product <laughs> line. Tyler, yeah. you agreed with him, which is also I concerning. Did. So let's get the bad takes out of the way. What would your think, no. combination be? I think everyone's going to agree. And this, this isn't one that is produced in like one package, but rather that you have to put together when you're making something at home. And this is um, Shadow Austin Richmond. This is something I learned from him. But a PB&J with cheese. I think is absurd and that you should be thrown in jail. You should be thrown in jail if you eat this, but it's something that he's been eating since he's eight years old. He just takes one slice of bread, a little, little jelly, the other a little peanut butter. Don't forget the slice of cheese. Smack. Put it together. Eat that. And then apparently, Wait. Apparently he's about it. Real cheese? Real cheese. Oh, uh, no. No, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> it is real cheese that he Two is dad eating. jokes this week. Real Bonus cheese. But I, I think he would probably go, you know, Tillmuck. He's a, he's a classy guy. Yeah. It, well, and he seems like he's going to support the local business. Totally, yeah. But that is... What do you guys think about that? pb and This is cheese. the first time I've ever heard about this. And, and, that's, and he... I, I do need to make this known that he defends it and says that there's a lot of other people that think this is good. And I, and I said I make sure to protect its honor for him, but I call it bullshit. There's no way that many people like this sandwich. Tom, have you ever heard of a PB and cheese? Not even PB once. and J Not and even, cheese? Yeah, I put a lot of it's things a, it's a on twister. PB That's and a J. tough one. Cheese never once. I, I will admit, though... As a cheese lover, I'm not against giving it a shot. Maybe I'll try it this I week. I would give it a Maybe shot. I'll try it this week and have a review next episode. Uh, Austin Richmond, if you're listening, I'm going <laughs> to give the PB and JC a try this <laughs> week, and I'll review it on the pod. Kyle, you're not a cheese guy even on hamburgers for a long time. Well, that and was, that, the, to, yeah, that was the thing that Tyler brought in the cheese argument, because that was going to be my combo thing. Because anything, let me, let me clarify, with cold cheese, cold cheese is bad. You okay. guys, I, yeah. I, I, I think you should also right be thrown there. in jail. But I'll yeah. just silence the room right there. But everyone knows this about me. If you know I, me, I mean, this is a thing. We like, definitely know that. It's a thing yeah. about, yeah, I mean, I, I we've known that for a while. But, I mean, that's right up there with Tom's watermelon candy take or yeah, watermelon flavor I, I, take. I understand. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. This is one of my hotter takes that I realize I'm the minority on. But I will say I've met a few people in my lifetime recently, actually, <laughs> who share the same opinion, and it is like meeting your long-lost lover for the first time because finally someone relates to you and you can just bond over it. But, yeah, it's a hot take. I get it. Two of the takes involving cheese. I didn't see that coming. Um, Mine would obviously be chips and any sort of flavoring. No, I'm totally joking. Uh, (laughs) I'm totally joking. Mine is water trampolines. So, like, you take a great thing, like a lake, river, whatever. You got a dock. That's super fun to swim. And then... They come out with these water trampolines, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. like yeah. when we're like 10 or 11. Dude, we've seen a lot yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. Those used to be hot in the streets. They were hot yeah. in the streets for sure, hot yeah. on the waters. Yep. But um, the, at the same time, have you ever been on one where you're like, oh, I'm actually bouncing? No. no. It's literally just like doing because a that's, workout. Yeah. talk about scams. That's yeah, that's that's what, yeah, that's, that's scam. what I'm saying yeah, because you're one. on there. There's nothing to actually make you bounce. They give you, I mean, it is a, a trampoline. You got the springs and everything. You try to jump. You just stay in the same spot. <laughs> and the only fun of it is like trying to climb back up when you fall off or maybe playing some King of the Hill. Yeah. So for that reason, go on water trampolines. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Without further ado, let's dive right into Blazer Talk here. Obviously, in the heat of battle with the Los Angeles Lakers, we're recording on Monday night here where the Blazers are locked up 
in a uh, ugly yeah. duel right now. It's the first quarter, though, so we are obviously getting the worst parts of the game if you're uh, watching. Uh, kind of funny that the TV just kind of turned off. <laughs> <laughs> the TV literally, yeah. Blazers go down like 18-2 to two to start the game, the TV decides it to shut itself off, off in the studio. It. So you like to see uh, a little bit of collaboration between us and technology there. Um, quick recap of the first three games of the series, because the last time we talked, there had been none. Um, Blazers got out to a hot start, and I want to spend some time here. They win game one, 100-93, and Kyle, they looked emphatic doing it, I thought. I mean, I thought it was a game that gave me, a, personally, a lot of hope for the rest of the series, a lot of strong play from, I believe that was a game where four of our players scored over 20 points, Carmelo, Nurk, Damon, CJ, and it really looked like, okay, we can run with this Lakers team. Uh, I thought they, even Los Angeles, got the favorable calls in that game you'd expect them to get and have continued to get in the series. But I thought the Blazers made an emphatic statement. What were your thoughts after that first win? No, I thought it was a, it was awesome because I felt like we really we came out with the fire that I expected us to come out with. And offensively, we were clicking. You know, Melo was hot. Dame CJ were obviously hot. And it, it, looked, it looked fantastic from a Blazers fan perspective to see, like, Okay, like obviously when our offense is clicking, like that's going to be when when we're at our best. And like you mentioned, we were obviously the team that you know took the burden when it came to fouls, which is going to be every game. And the fact that we were still able to pull off the win, that like to me that was like the blueprint of how the Blazers were going to win this series. You know what I mean? It was like obviously our defense sucks, but somehow we held them to 90, uh, 93, right? Yeah, Something ninety three like yeah, points. Ninety three points. And I was like, okay, they didn't get over hundred, and LeBron didn't have over thirty like I thought he was going to. So I was like, okay, this is how we need to approach every single game. Like, trust our offense, trust that we're going to make our shots, and hopefully our defense, which isn't great to begin with, can hold them to a reasonable amount of points. I was like, boom, we just did it in game one. I'm like, that's great momentum going into the next couple of games. I, I understood that there was going to be a game, and obviously we're going to get to game two, where LA kind of took over and went on runs and stuff like that and you know, ended up winning a game. Obviously, we're not going to sweep them. So I was happy with how it went. I, I felt really confident coming into game two. And uh, before we get to game two, I'll pass off to Tyler because I'll get too upset talking about it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we, when watching that game, LeBron seemed very passive almost. Like he was trying to get his teammates involved, like acclimated to playoff basketball and trying to get everyone up to that level. And they, those guys just weren't making their shots. So, I mean, when you're a Blazer team that's depleted injury-wise and only has a few guys that we rely on to score most of our points. You got to get lucky sometimes. And they were missing their shots and we were making them. And the foul discrepancy, I don't think was like absurd or anything like 30 fouls or anything like that. So it was more of a tight game overall. I like the way we played. We we're making our shots and, um, Obviously, that didn't happen the rest of the game. So <laughs> no, far. and that's that's alluding there to uh, game two, of course, where the Lakers dominate one eleven to eighty eight. The Blazers never really showed up in that one. Anthony Davis played a phenomenal game after kind of what was like you both mentioned a rough start in game one, um, and, and I think that was the game, Kyle. You just mentioned. We were going to see the Lakers come out and show their full strength, you know, at one point. And granted, I think the Blazers did not bring their best effort. They looked very tired, um, as you would expect with all the basically playoff-like games they had to play just to get to this series. Uh, but that was a game where they suffocated us through the defensive end. I mean, 88 points for Portland. Did you put much stock into that loss, or was that one that came from fatigue to you that we just kind of threw in the towel and got ready to throw our next best shot in game three? No, to me, that loss uh, was not discouraging at all. It, to, like, literally, I when we took all of our starters out at the end of the third quarter and we let you know our young guys run the fourth quarter, I was like, okay, I really don't care because we're giving our starters a rest. And not only did they smother us defensively, they played a great game, but... We, you know, even when we had open looks, we weren't hitting them. It wasn't our night to begin with. So I was like, okay, if we're going to lose any game by 30, this is the game to do it. Dame obviously injured his finger in the third quarter, and that really worried me. And once they decided to sit him, I was like, okay, let's accept this loss. Let's not get too discouraged. We're going to come back game three strong because obviously this just isn't our night. And to your point, Tyler, you mentioned in game one how they were not hitting any of their shots. To me, I looked at that, and I was like, this is normal. Because if you look at their shooting numbers, that's what they do. They're not a good shooting team. That includes LeBron. They have, you know, Danny Green, who's streaky. But aside from that, they don't really have a lot of elite three-point shooters, in my opinion. And in game two, it seemed like all those guys, like Caldwell Pope in particular, went like seven of nine from three. I was like, okay, if they're going to do this well, like all their non-shooters are going to be hitting everything. It's like, this is a great game to lose. So I was not discouraged at all. Ty, I don't know how you feel about it, but that was just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too discouraged. But the thing is, when NBA players get enough shots and chances 
like the the amount what I'm getting to is second chance points and rebounding. Yep. Because there was just kickouts, wide open threes for guys all day long. And then Connor mentioned today when we started watching earlier, I mean you have to double A D and you have to send help and you have to send help on LeBron because he's just gonna drive to the basket every time. So that's just gonna allow so many wide open threes that Eventually, they're gonna fall, and that even game, if it's they, KCP, it, it, it doesn't matter yeah. who it is. Yeah. I mean, Dion. Even if it's Dion Waiters and Jared Smith, those dudes can, I, and they can shoot. They right. can shoot. They, yeah. and, and so, it you give a professional basketball player enough cho- uh, shots and chances, they're gonna start making them. And it's that, that's where the fatigue, I think, came in for the Blazers because, like, oh, all these rebounds, like, were they, they bounced a couple bad, bad bounces and. Uh, just grinding down there yeah. with. We guys definitely like, have to exert more energy on those possessions because and they're not they're easy the, boards. They're bigger. Travail, yeah. Dwight Howard, yeah. AD, those are all big dudes who are strong and like yeah. long, like just tough, tough matchup. While we're on the topic, real quick, can we mention that uh, something about playing against Dwight Howard in the playoffs just makes my blood boil? I don't know what it is, but he's just an instigator well, he, every yeah, I mean, time. He whines we all the time too. So well, he like, yeah. in this series, I haven't even seen him whine as much as I've seen him be so overtly physical in terms to try to make it you know uh i think to try to not dirty up the series but his role as the second center there is to bring energy and bring physicality and he's doing a great job but i'd be lying if i said it doesn't get under my skin when i'm watching him i mean i would love that on the blazers no that's what i I mean like i can't get too upset no but i I mean because he's doing the right thing totally so it's much different than when he was in houston when he was the whiner and just like yeah he wasn't working he wasn't being physical and was expecting acting like he was good when he wasn't relevant and it's better for him to play almost a diminished role where he's not asked to score a lot and just play oh he looks great in that backup and he looks good and and he looked good in game three unfortunately the blazers looked pretty good until the fourth quarter i mean third quarter snake bit us as it always does i'm getting real tired of that but i mean who am i to say uh, when you're playing with the seven man rotation eight man rotation in the nba that the legs don't get a bit heavy there in the start of the third lakers win that one 116 108 and and Tyler, I want to yep. go to you here. It seemed like the Blazers just ran out of legitimate steam yeah. in that fourth quarter. I mean, we were up by, I believe, four at halftime. Mm-hmm. We, like I'm on the team, the Blazers were up four at halftime and then we surrendered the, the <laughs> Yeah, the, <laughs> that's right. And then surrendered that lead and I believe went into the fourth down four or five. And it really took place about six minutes left. You could see the legs go out from under us. Uh, and team battled well, but obviously didn't get the result we wanted. What did yeah. you see there? I mean, we've, we've been seeing... A couple different defensive matchups with Melo on LeBron. We've seen Gary Trent on LeBron. And then you get to AD. We've seen Nurk on him. We've seen Wenyan. And we've seen Hassan on him. When you're asking all those those guys to exert so much energy on the defensive end and helping as well, and then all those same guys are the guys that we need. Like, it's crucial for them to be making shots on the other end. It's just so much of an – it's a it's a huge task and a major effort in order to get it done. And then you're, we, we give Damon CJ, like – they don't need to be playing as hard of defense, you know, so that they can bring us up on the offensive end. But, like, it's pretty much down to them, too, to keep us in it. So it's not having – I mean, I don't want to make excuses, but I'm a Blazer fan, so I will. But <laughs> not having Trevor Ariza um, for the defense, not having Zach Collins, just another – like, even if he hasn't another been playing body. well and you yeah. don't like Zach Collins, it's another body to throw at a guy, especially when they're calling all these fouls. And then – um, Rodney Hood for his scoring. So and defense. I mean, he's not an amazing defender, but at least he's long and he's a wing. lengthy. Yeah. yeah so and it, it's a tough freaking task. And and Kyle Tyler just mentioned the officiating uh, in this series so far. Have you noticed it to be as you would imagine? Um, I think every Blazer fan, especially, but NBA fan outside of Boston, probably thinks LA is going to get quite a few calls. Um, when you have players like LeBron and AD on the court, guys that are constantly working the official as well as um, big players that are always in the middle of the paint. Have you noticed though the series takes sort of a favoritism towards one side, or is it refereed the way you expected? Because this is something we talked about in the preview episode yeah, as well last episode, is that they were going to play a part. How I guess you... to be honest, it, now that I really think about it, it probably has gone the way I expected it to. I mean, I knew that they were going to be getting calls. And I think the most frustrating thing as a Blazer fan, and this is any team that plays LeBron James and Anthony Davis, is that they're so much bigger and so much more athletic and so much faster than all the guys that are going to be guarding them. They're, there's maybe two to three players in the entire league that can kind of guard them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the Kawhis, the Siakams, those kind of players. And obviously most teams are going to have people that, that have that kind of physical 
athletic nature in order to be able to like guard them normally, as you would say. Right. Um, and I think as a fan, it's really frustrated when guys are clearly doing everything they can. Like there has to be contact, right? If LeBron is going to the hoop, they have to have some sort of contact. And I understand that yes, LeBron does get fouled a majority of the time. And same with Anthony, like there's some sort of contact that you could argue is a foul. And I'm not disputing that. What I am disputing is that you can't take the players on the other end's ability to play defense away. Right. The only way to potentially guard AD and LeBron is to have some sort of physical aspect to it. So I do wish that the officials would essentially allow a little bit more contact. And I'm not saying like everything we're allowed to hack them every time i'm just saying like if we have our if we're straight up and we body them and like yeah we maybe come down a little bit because they're bigger and stronger and force us to come down because they have so much weight behind them and they're so fast that like maybe let that one go don't be so ticky tacky with every time lebron is on the block because there's nothing we can do and all it does is put us in a worse position to win because now we have to sit guys with foul trouble and you mentioned zach collins being injured i think that is one of the things that blazer fans are underrating uh, especially in Game 3, that's affecting us right now because he is our most versatile defender, and he's the quickest of our bigs when it comes to being able to move Healthy laterally. Or so, with us, yeah. And if you're going to look at a guy to guard Anthony Davis, like he's kind of the best option we have, and not having him, one, in the rotation to mix in and give guys breathers, but also just not having his defensive ability to begin with, I think has really hurt us. But well, I just rambled a lot, sorry. No, no you're I mean, good. That, that was great. That was and, great. And Tyler, we yeah. saw Coach Stotts make a move in the starting lineup in Game 3, bringing Hassan Whiteside to pair with Yusuf Nurkic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as uh, Collins has been out, and they decided to go a little bigger with Hassan, Nurk, mm-hmm. uh, Mello, Dame, and CJ. What did you think about that move, as well as kind of what we've seen from the defensive end out of the Blazers outside of the officiating and everything? I know we've seen a real revitalized effort from Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. I mean, he, he's playing what I've seen the best defense in play in uh-huh. yeah. a couple years, a yeah. couple seasons now. Um, what have you noticed kind of from the defensive end for the Blazers here? Yeah, I mean, I think the move to bring Hassan in at the starting lineup was just rebounding. Like, let's, I mean, we're going to have to let him shoot because they're going to call everything down low. So let's try and get those boards, which didn't really work. Wow. But I, Connor, I have to hit on the refs real quick. Um, oh, I know you were fired I up. have to. Uh, <laughs> it's Please do. And it's not even LeBron or AD's fault for getting all these calls. I mean, it's literally part of the game now. That's why you see everyone working the refs so hard. And any sort of bump, any sort of anything is a foul nowadays. And they've made it almost impossible to play any sort of defense. And any sort of, like, you can't bump, you can't do anything. And it's just so ticky-tacky now that I wish that we could hone it back a little bit. But now with, like, instant replay and when you can see everything, it's nearly impossible. So it's just super frustrating to see every little bump and like it's just i hate it i I wish we could go back i have a question for both of you so one of like this is something my dad brings up every time we watch nba basketball together it's like back in his day when you know we had maurice (laughs) lucas and those guys like it was all about contact and like guys were so Mm -hmm. much bigger and stronger were able to absorb more contact Mm -hmm. and take more physicality in general i i feel like could you are like if the nba i understand they're like the best league in the world right now in terms of like growth popularity whatever you want to say do you, I have, I feel like they would grow even more if the officiating transitioned to be more physical. I think that would bring in more fans. Like, depending are, on the call, yes, you're trying to obviously player safety and all that is in mind. And, right. Um, but depending on the call, like, yeah, I, I agree. I think I that you can they should let them play a little bit more. I, These I guys are huge. Let them freaking bang a little bit. is like, oh, the ref, like, it's not like we're not here to watch you, you know, we're not here to watch the refs. But that's just what it's come down to. I mean, all the free throws and shit. Like, what do we got going on here? I think I think my two cents to your question there, Kyle, is that as an NBA fan, like someone that watches the games, you know, pretty regularly during the regular season and then obviously throughout yep. the playoffs, I agree that it would be more fun to watch that basketball. I think the league is looking to do the exact opposite. The more points you can score and the more clips you can put on Instagram of people doing cool things with the basketball, the better for the league, no matter what the diehards are saying, I I think. You know, I think in the day and age we are, like, Kyrie Irving hasn't played in the last, like, two seasons very often because of injury, obviously. Still one of the most popular players in the world because his highlights are so fun to just browse on YouTube or see on uh, House of Highlights when they throw, like, oh, missing Kyrie and some of his, you know, handles. Mm -hmm. And then they throw out what he does. It's like, that's why the league yeah. goes that and way. I but I agree t- with what you're saying that it'd be 
a lot more fun to watch, especially in the playoffs. I just wish the playoffs especially could be a little more physical. That being said, I do still have, like, I know we're really young, but if you'll remember, like, the, I think it was the 2003 finals, it was, like, or four maybe, it was Spurs versus Nets, and the games were, like, 75 62 finals those aren't fun to watch either so there's yeah. there's if you go watch old highlight clips that aren't michael jordan no, dominating sure. people kind of boring basketball i mean so it's like i feel like i agree with you but i think the second we make that switch we're kind of gonna get yeah. snake bitten by the opposite yeah. it could tone down for sure there's too many light whistles nowadays you for bring sure up Kyrie, and i just saw a tweet the other day that <laughs> was like it was Dame or Kyrie. Him. It was Dame, Kyrie, and Russ, and so many people in the comments were putting Russ or Russ and Kyrie over Dame. I'm like, this is what's wrong with society. <laughs> <laughs> like, how the hell can you make that, that sort of argument? Nowadays? That post is just two years too late. Like that well, two yeah, years but they ago. Still talk about it. <laughs> but when you ask me about defense, it's so hard for me to even judge it because we can't even see a whole defensive possession without a foul call. So I like what Gary Trent's doing. I mean. I mean it's an impossible task for him. I mean, he's being a pester, you know, a couple steal, steals here and there, but it's just hard for me to even watch defense because there's right. usually a foul. And and to that point, I think, Kyle, one thing I also agree with in that question, both your answers, is that the refs could also really tone down the superstar calls. The superstar calls are what really yeah. ruin the game. Was, yeah. There's like the top, the top 10 guys, and we're seeing it with, you know, LeBron and AD, and to credit, Dame started to get more later in his career. Totally. James Harden, obviously, is one. But they get these calls that the other players obviously don't get, and that's because of their brands, all this stuff. But if that could just – if everyone could be ref the same way, it would it would help, I think, just in the slightest and at least. I th- yeah, that – we're like trending towards like automated refs, just getting rid of like opinions and emotions and stuff. Which you gotta altogether. have in there. It's the same with baseball. But you have Let's to not go down. Totally, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> we'll but, save it for a, yeah, a layup line yeah. one time. Um, all right. Last question about the Blazers here that I wanted to get to before we kind of come back for our reactions to Game Four here later in the night. What have you all learned about the Blazers from this bubble experience? Is it something new, or if it's you know a reinforced yeah, opinion you had prior to? Um, entering the bubble as a Blazer fan. Kyle, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, what's something you've learned from the Blazers in the bubble? I would say I already knew that like Dame as a leader, like he was probably the, one mm-hmm. of the best in the NBA. I would say he's the best mm-hmm. in the NBA. People like sports. Yeah, but I would say I that wouldn't. just like the the attention that Dame has got obviously from bringing the Blazers from where they were to making the playoffs like I'm not even talking the actual playoffs I'm talking prior to that like in the actual bubble when we were trying to battle every single game because it mattered I would say like the culture in Portland I think uh, got a little bit more attention than it has in the past in terms of like what the media was talking about and I think like that to me just makes me love being a Portland fan so much because I don't we're we're attached to a team where like we're obviously a small market and we're already at a disadvantage in that sense but the guys are so tight knit and I love rooting for teams like that where like you don't necessarily you I can't like relate to them necessarily but it's like it's great knowing that we have Dame as a leader and obviously the the personnel around him that are so bought in to like the same kind of things that we would buy into back in high school and we would play right. sports Right it's the like, nostalgia it, 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 it's nostalgia it's the, that's the word I was looking for it's like we can relate to that because we were a tight knit group when we played sports, and it's like it's cool to see that at the professional level and it getting attention because it, I think it's well deserved for Dame in particular, and also Stotts as the head coach. And I, I'm just so happy that like more fans around the NBA are getting to see that in yeah. Portland. No, I agree, Kyle, and um, I like the way you went with that question a lot. But I'm going to go to the team and how we're playing in general right now. And I think something that needs to be addressed after we win the championship this year is our defensive scheme and i don't know really what that is i don't know who's making our defensive decisions or whatnot but we're one of the worst teams in the league at defense and i know it's not just personnel so let's get everyone healthy and let's let's try something else out i know we were like we were trying to zone just be like with the lakers just just to switch things up something to be more well like you know how we always go over all the screens or do just something i want to i want to change something up something where we're kind of all flying around. I don't know if it's an effort thing, but like watching the Toronto Raptors play defense, they're just helping, just circling back the path. They're helping on just running around. Like I want to see that from us. And I think until we get that is when we're really going to have a shot to win, winning, winning a title with Dame CJ Nurk led team. 
I, I couldn't agree more with that. I think uh, I don't think it's an effort thing by any means. I think it's a think systematic it's breakdown either. and a lack of like we don't have a bulldog defensive leader like a lot of the mm-hmm. other teams you just named do. Like Toronto's a great example. Of, every, they have like five bulldogs and they in their it. starting they lineup, preach right? It. And then yeah. even even teams. Uh, I'm struggling to think of any off the top of my head, but I'm thinking like a Utah, you know, is like Rudy Gobert. I mean, Spurs. even if he has bad nights or whatever, he's always going to be an absolute dog on defense. Like mm-hmm. he and he'll lead your team. He'll he'll call out everything on defense. And I think Portland, although we do, I think we do have guys that give the effort. It's just a lack of we don't have any defensive players really. Like think of a guy on our team you'd really define as defense, and it's probably Trevor Ariza who's not in the bubble right now. Maybe Gary Trent. But he's, I mean, yeah. what, one of those two guys. We don't really have a guy who's our defensive quarterback. No, I, I oh, okay, I agree. Uh, now that's kind of what you I mean. just making the right calls. There. Yeah, totally. But I, I wouldn't say like Toronto has that necessarily. No, but, but maybe they have that captain who's like. All but right, they have Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka who are guys who are Fleet scrappy. Is, I mean, they have a lot of players. guys that and are they have extremely Siakam, versatile. Like, extremely all, versatile players. Oh, Memphis having that defensive mindset when from they Ryan did City. back when. Yeah. I mean, you have Gasol, who's a like three, four time Defensive Player of the Year, yeah. and then you have Siakam and Ibaka, Ibaka who are yeah. you know six eleven plus, super lengthy, so maybe that's incredibly type. fast. Like they have the personnel and the athletic physique to be really. But good even when we had a couple defensive guys and like Mo and Aminu, we were still horrible. Then that was the same that's system. True. Yeah, so. and they were supposed to be. Really good defenders. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think those are all good topics there. And and I think uh, before we move on here to icing the episode, um, we're gonna go come back for our live reactions at the end of the episode to Game Four. But quickly, give me your uh, one word answer: Is Game Four a must win for the Blazers? I mean, down two one. Is this a do or die type situation? Yes. One thousand percent. Yes. I, I think yeah. it's a no down. Yes, <laughs> I think being down three one to LeBron and AD uh, spells a almost certain death at that point um all right we'll be back with our live reactions at the end of the episode to game four as we are recording on monday tom want to go over to you here we're going to go ahead and ice our episode though uh go ahead and give us tom's topic and there's rumors you have one that's going to shake us up i mean it's not even rumors anymore (laughs) that our united states government i mean it started back in july when they had released some information the Pentagon on some videos of uh, what you would call an un- unidentified flying object. Uh, they said these a are... A UFO. They changed the in layman's terms. Anymore, yeah. But yeah. Um, no, but uh, vehicles not created on this earth is what I believe they said. And then uh, recently as well, the Pentagon has created a task force to better understand these UAPTFs. Um, okay, how, how long ago did they decide to start looking into this alien stuff? Uh, I think they have been looking like into it for a, a very long time. Okay, but all I'm saying, say. <laughs> all I'm saying is keep your eyes open for some more alien news soon because it just keeps piling up. Two things in one year compared to nothing for how many years? Right, I mean, it's on the horizon. I, I cannot preach to you guys enough how don't laugh yet because this isn't well, even a conspiracy right the now. The second I heard aliens, I was just waiting for Kyle to absolutely like flip the table over and be aliens are real, which whoa, whoa, they, whoa. Probably Sorry, conspiracy they probably but, are. They probably are. Okay, anyway, the Bob Lazar documentary on Netflix. You have to have to watch that. Did you watch it? I just I've read about him and I think he might yeah. be nuts. No, dude, I'm telling you, like that's the thing is, it's like <laughs> I love this. This, this is, is this is, this like, is such this, a Kyle is, like no, starter this is, pack. This is a classic Connor no, response. To, he doesn't even give me a chance fact. to say anything. <laughs> doesn't give me a chance to say anything. Like literally, I'll just go watch the documentary. It's like all. It's a guy who apparently worked at Area 51 who has had the same story. Since 1982, when he came out and talked about it, he was very he was very famous at that time. By the way, a lot of people back in the day know who he is, and like literally multiple. I don't want to give away the document because I want you guys to watch it, but there have been like multiple things that he claimed in back in 1980 that everyone said, "Oh, this is another crazy guy." Like whatever, like don't really listen to him. That have literally come true. There was an element that he talked about that wasn't on the periodic table yet. That was, according to him, the source, the fuel the ener- source the energy. for yeah. whatever he was reverse engineering craft. I hate the way you're looking at <laughs> me, by the mean? way. No, just, <laughs> I'm listening. I'm not even against and it. And literally, that <laughs> element is now on the periodic table. And people back then said, like, oh, that's not real. It's fake. And now it's literally on the periodic table. Just go watch it. Like, I don't want to. 
me summarizing it like this gives no credibility whatsoever. I just want you guys to go watch it, and I know you guys probably won't, but it's going to help Tom's topic, and I guarantee it'll get you thinking. I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole, and I don't lean one way or the other. Uh, I'll let you figure that out yourself. <laughs> but all I'm saying is last month they released that they found objects that may be UFOs, and now they're creating a task force for it. There's got to be something coming down the pipeline. The I mean, Oh, go you go ahead. There just there just has to be aliens. I mean, the universe is massive. Like that's no matter who, if it's just another like human race or some shit or like just whatever it may be or a big old green head. There's something out there, dude. That's and and there's the reason I for every pebble of sand on the earth. Right, and the reason I laughed wasn't because I disagree. It's just the the start of like fifty debates in our past. Is I saw this documentary online, <laughs> and then I usually am like. Okay, but that's one document. Anyway, that's a, that's just the story of our lives. But I well, agree completely with this, what uh, this Tyler said. Back to twenty twenty or twenty twelve. Sorry, this, that's where, that's where your embedded thing of me being a conspiracy guy. Because back in the day, I used to when laugh the at the end. movie twenty twelve was coming out, and I was like, "Oh, world's gonna end," and you were always like, "Oh my god, you're crazy." I'm like, "No, dude, the world's gonna end." Kyle <laughs> Kyle believes conspiracies. Just so everyone's <laughs> very clear here. Uh, I'm with you. I, too many universes. There's aliens somewhere. It's just <laughs> selfish to think we're the only life forms in freaking space. Guess what? No alien is better than Damian Lillard at basketball. Wow. I debate that. There's got to be some sort of alien that could do anything. Dude, Kyle's the guy that rooted for the freaking Monstars in Space Jam. Look, you've got a Monstars jersey. Who's guarding him? Who? All right. Tom, your opinion was also definitely aliens. You said you didn't want to take a side or another. We're going to make you. Oh, I think there's got to be something. It's just too big out there. Okay, last last question here before we go to the free business ads and wrap up. How like let's not say like something like a, a little organism. Let's say like do we think there's like maybe they don't look like humans, but things that are functioning at least like an animal we would see on Earth, like somewhere else, in the something world? bigger, like than just like something you'd see Dude, in a microscope. There's got to be something more advanced. One thousand thousand percent. Yeah, I think and so like too. Like that, that's not even being a conspiracy. That's just like probability. Like with how many freaking galaxies there hey, are. Y equals there mx are. plus b, <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. that is, um, yeah. <laughs> let's come slopes of lines, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Free business ads of the week. Um, Kyle, <laughs> let's start with you and your uh, cold, cold take I'm of the just, episode. I'm just mad at Connor based on how I was just treated. There's so, so many you're, worse you're, takes. You're just today. the core. Your core's like cold take. Just you're giving me the looks you were giving me during that <laughs> day. I, I, I'm just so angry at it. I can't even. Ty, go ahead. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take this. I was on vacation. Um, everyone knew that last week. I was in the sun a lot. I used a lot of sun bum sunscreen. Wow. Sun now bum. let me tell you about the sun bum stuff. Made in 2010, and some of the safest sunscreen out there. I mean, gluten free, vegan. Like, uh, what else? We got sulfate free, paraben free. Vegan sunscreen. It's, what does yes, that even mean? Good, good for the environment. Um, good for the coral reefs because you know that's a big deal with the. The copper tone and the name brand we sunscreens our hair out for that, there. By the way. So, um, sun bum uh, sunscreen Tom. makes you golden brown, and I love the stuff to death. All right, Tom. Uh, I recently got a whoop strap. You I've did some pretty interesting information about it. Not that I've really changed my life since getting it, <laughs> but okay. it is kind of a cool little brand to see, like kind of how your lifestyle affects your sleep and your recovery. Maybe I'll adjust. How have you been recovering recently? Are uh, you getting up to... No, surprisingly, well, got it. Long weekend of drinking. <laughs> surprisingly, <laughs> drinking does not help you recover. It actually does the opposite and pretty much drains you. So, no, I have not been the full, most fully recovered. Wow. Who would have ever guessed? That's why I don't wear one of those. those. I would not Surprisingly. Surprisingly is I, the keyword. That's why I bought it to figure out. I had to put it to the test. Um, and I think I'll give mine as we've kind of started a tradition of golf courses here to Quail Valley, the home of the dominant victory for Pods Tom and Connor over the fellow two BY beers, Tyler and Kyle. God, Looking forward to golf this. Before? No, first time we've ever played. So <laughs> actually, it was pretty great. Uh, looking forward to playing again, hopefully, this weekend and adding to that total. If you need a place to golf, beautiful 18 holes out in Banks, Oregon, check out Quail Valley. All right, we'll be back with our short, rapid reactions following game four. Until then, need a dub. all night tonight, Gozers, we need this one. Gozers. 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 Well, we're back. Uh, it's only halftime, but the Blazers are currently losing to the Los Angeles Lakers at a score of 80 to 51. And again, that's at halftime. Yes. Uh, 
guys, just want to get your live reaction thoughts as a Blazers um, kind of mounting what seems to be almost an insurmountable amount of deficit at yeah. this point in game four. I mean, I'd say the depressing part about this game was it started immediately. I mean, it was an immediate <laughs> no sun in this game. I, it was 10-0 timeout Blazers. Then it goes 15-0. Then we end up getting a bucket and it becomes like 18-2 within like a blink of an eye. And it's it's just been a tough task in general for the Blazers to get a series win. I'm just happy we got a W, a, like one win in this series. I'm not counting us out. But I'm down. I'm down, boys. Yeah. Kyle. I'm sad. I'm just sad, guys. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, we're not I mean, it's like this isn't even me being disrespectful to the Blazers anyway, but we're not coming back from twenty nine points down against the Lakers. Not not um, I don't think this game. No, it's gonna have to be a, a Blazers it's and seven to be a situation. Comeback. You know you know who <laughs> we blame is the me- the national media saying like Charles Barkley, we're we're gonna Blazers are gonna sweep the Lakers, like I like this. Let's find what, our What outs. type of bad juju are you trying to put on us? I think he's not really on our team. He's really a Laker and just trying to screw us over. Oh, I like that's this. A conspiracy. So, I like yeah. trying to find our way out of this. trying to hype LeBron up. Yeah. And, ev- and everyone was about it. I mean, Dame bubble MVP and all this. Like The one time you give him the MVP or any type of award is during the bubble situation. And Since before, I know uh, I did want to say one thing. I know big listener to the podcast, Carmelo Anthony. If you're not back <laughs> next year... One of my favorite players of all time. It's been a joy having you for the season. That is so we true. We do love you, Melo. We'll, we'll definitely cover more of that on our uh, off-season preview episode, but it's been awesome having Melo, and it'll be even more awesome when he helps us complete the 3-1 comeback here <laughs> in round one against the Lakers. The Blazers look to uh, probably drop game four. Oh, nonetheless, been a good episode, fellas. Until yep. next week, go Blazers. Go Blazers. Go Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> There's Blake to Roy. This is for the A three wins the series.